0: What's good y'all? Welcome back to the Playmaker's Corner podcast. I'm your host for today's Simon Villanos and we're back at it with another request episode. On this episode we have Corey Taha, uh, the running back from Lyman High School, Graydon Bridwell, the running back from Skyline High School. Aaron Ness, I believe, the linebacker slash tight end from Northridge High School, and then Andrew Cole, the offensive lineman from Roosevelt High School, and so all of these guys were requested quite a bit, and, and Graydon Bridwell was actually on our top five running backs list. He made it as an honorable mention, I believe from skyline uh andrew cole has been requested a lot since our offensive lineman list uh when we talked about all of those great seniors here and then obviously corey taha has been brought up quite a bit and he's made some noise so he's there and then uh, most recently aaron ness he's been brought up as well and so at the time that i'm recording this which is january 22nd um we've already recorded our linebackers list so I guess a little bit of a spoiler alert but Aaron S did not make our linebackers list uh which will be coming out in a couple weeks or so but he was an honorable mention and so I'm going to take the opportunity to talk about him today actually so let's go ahead and get right into it um next I'm going to talk about Corey Taha the running back from Lyman High School So Corey Taha, the 6 foot, 185 pound, legendary running back from Lyman High School. He most definitely made his mark while over there. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start with the positives here, you know. He's going to go down as one of the best Colorado football players to ever play because of the legacy he left at Lyman. So, uh, I did some research on him and, you know, I found some really interesting articles about how he looked up to some of the Lyman football players and um, the Lyman football program and witnessed them win three straight football championships in a row. Well, Corey Taha was able to return the favor and do just that for Lyman High School. In his career, he did end up winning three straight football championships in a row, starting his sophomore year, and then leading all the way up to this last season, uh, where he won a championship during a COVID year, which honestly might make it even that much more impressive. Now, it's important to keep in mind it is 1A football, but nonetheless, this is still pretty impressive at the dominance of both Lyman High School and Corey Taha. And then um, just to throw this out there as well, I think it was a record uh, setting 20th state football championship for alignment so congrats to them but you know let's go ahead and talk about Corey Taha's career he put up numbers from the research I, I did I've seen that he's been starting at least consistently starting as a running back on the varsity level since his sophomore year and so I'm just gonna go ahead and read out this uh these stat lines here for his sophomore junior and senior year so his sophomore year in 13 games he had eight hundred forty nine rushing yards twenty two rushing touchdowns eleven receptions for two hundred and thirty two receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns his junior year last year he had in thirteen games he had one thousand four hundred and sixty nine rushing yards 15 rushing touchdowns, 17 receptions, 325 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. And then the senior year in seven games, include and this was you know a championship winning season. He had uh, 740 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, six receptions on 97 yards, and a touchdown. So you don't gotta be a genius to think that though that's great production because honestly it is you know he's been one of the most consistent running backs in the last couple years putting up numbers uh, despite playing in a pretty run heavy offense it seems like over there I know they had a another running back list last year who was putting up numbers and who actually led the team in rushing yards over Corey but don't get it twisted Corey Taha is still uh, the workhorse or was still the workhorse for lineman at the time and he still put up great numbers and so speaking of workhorse Let's go ahead and talk about some of his strengths here. So uh first things first, you know, he has great ball carrier vision. You know, it's very strong, especially between the tackles. Uh he hits the holes fast and um he does it with the intent to score, you know. And so with all that being said, once he hits those openings, he is extremely hard to bring down an open field. You know, I wouldn't say he's the fastest top end speed-wise. But, you know, he does have a good blend of speed and power and balance, I would say. And so he's definitely hard to bring down one on one because he could either outrun you or he's going to throw a shoulder or a stiff arm at you and make you really work for the tackle. And even then, you know, he still might slip tackle because he does have pretty quick feet. He has, in my opinion, he has pretty smooth footwork, precise footwork at that and makes very effortless smooth cuts once he hits open field as well and so with all of that you know he's just hard to to tackle honestly he's just a tough guy to bring down because um first off he's hard to catch and even if you do catch him you know there's no guarantee that you'll bring him down because he's just so naturally strong um there are multiple times on his highlight reel where he just throws down guys or he gets them in the right angle where he just throws that stiff arm and it's beautiful and he did that on a consistent basis through his years at Lyman High School I would also say as well that he has excellent hands. To be honest, on his highlight reel, there were a good number of throws um, that were or balls thrown on him that he just made an excellent play on. It was one on one, and he just rose and he showed that he had excellent hands. And you could go one on one with a lot of corners and uh, really just beat him out. You know, if he could get that positioning and get his hands on the ball, it's his. And you could guarantee that. And you could also see that in a lot of the receiving um, stats and production that you saw over the last couple years. There aren't a lot of running backs, at least in this state, that produced receiving uh, production like that. I think Javion Kendrick, the running back from Palmer High School, the one I went over, he had some pretty similar stats, at least his junior year, but not consistent like this. Corey Taha, in my opinion, just was honestly just way more talented than a lot of players on this 1A level. There weren't many players that could really challenge him, and it showed that his years in high school, you know. in even in this last state championship game, he was going against a pretty solid, you know, Strasburg team, I would say. Uh, at least offensively, they had Tristan Graf, they had Colin Russell, who's not half bad, and a couple other guys, but Corey, you know, uh, he just honestly outscored them he really got the uh, party started with a big time run to start out that game and you know there's no looking back from there because this is just who Lyman is and um, they're they're a dynasty you know they're one of the best football programs in the state of Colorado and I think Corey Taha really embodied what Lyman football is all about and so he had an excellent career there and honestly the accolades they just go on and on I'm pretty sure he also won 1A player of the year for like the second or third straight time which is absolutely insane um it's really rare that you see that kind of domination but with that being said let's go ahead and talk about you know some areas of concerns areas of improvement here so look I I can't talk about Corey Taha without bringing up the 1A competition you know uh he he played one a football for all four three or four years and if i'm being quite honest he probably could have transferred and um you know put up some similar numbers or some good numbers against a better competition as well but the fact is that he didn't and I get it because you know it is his hometown you know that's his boys he grew up with and it's a very good situation and you know you can't really blame the kid for that but you know it's definitely something to keep an eye on for sure I do wonder how well he would have fared against defenses. Defenses like uh, Cherry Creek, for example, you know, who had a bunch of D1 players. So that's just my opinion. I feel like I have to bring that up. That's nothing that he could have really controlled, honestly. It's just something that I need to bring up because if I'm being honest, you know, other scouts and doubters, they would probably bring it up as well, you know. But like I said, there's not much he could do about that. Um, so, yeah. Blocking-wise, I think now we're getting into stuff that he could probably control a little bit more here. But blocking-wise, I think he did do it quite a bit. And he wasn't bad, but I think hand-placement-wise, he could do a little bit better of being more consistent of getting that inside leverage and really driving a guy, right? He had plenty of fantastic blocks, I would say. But there are definitely times where, uh, you know, his hand-placement was a little off and some calls could have been called holds if i'm being honest and on that next level they will probably be called holds so i think that's just something he needs to stay disciplined in just blocking and whatnot usually i think he's pretty good like i said i feel like he has great strength and uh, speed and all that great stuff and he uses it well when blocking but he needs to be careful with those hands so that's one thing i gotta throw in there and then last but not least uh, i already mentioned this but top and speed is a little concerning. Honest huddle, it does say he's at a 4-7. I would I I could see him a little bit faster if I'm being straight up honest. Maybe 4-6, you know, 4-5 even. But I, I think he could definitely use some work. I would like for him to work on that acceleration and explosiveness, uh, so that he could improve that top end speed because, you know, speed, top end speed is a hard thing to work on just in general. But, you know, if you're accelerating quickly and being extremely explosive, then that's not as big of a problem. And you know what? Don't get it twisted. He is pretty explosive, but it is kind of hard to gauge because it is 1A football. And so you have to keep all of these things in mind. Um... So there you go honestly not a whole lot of areas of improvements really I just want him to become more explosive and then work a little bit more on that blocking and then honestly he could probably put on a little bit more weight too 6 foot 185 that's a pretty solid frame for a running back coming out of high school but I think he could maybe become a little bit more of a power back if I'm being honest he seems like somebody who may still be able to run pretty well at a heavier weight but he'll have to figure that out for himself. Um, it it just depends and I don't think I said this before but Corey Taha did commit to Colorado State and so if I'm just being straight up, I think CSU got a baller in Corey, who uh, he could either play running back, receiver. He does have some linebacker film, which he's not bad at. But you know, I think running back or receiver or anywhere on offense would probably fit him best. I could see him playing some good receiver because of his excellent hands. And then at that standpoint, he would probably have to work on route running a little bit more and you know other receiver stuff like getting off the press, getting leverage, all that stuff. But Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And so with that being said, I do think he's somebody who could contribute to the CSU team after a redshirt year and then maybe even after another year. I think he could probably be a two-year starter potentially for them, but we'll just have to see. I think my biggest concern here, or maybe not even biggest concern, but I guess my biggest um, unknown here, I would say, is that how will his game that, you know, he played at, at the 1A level translate to a Division 1, you know, FBS level over at CSU? So that's what I wonder. But, you know, I, I still got to say, though, this is probably one of the best you know football players uh, that we've ever done a breakdown on and have not ranked, you know, the accolades are there, he's super successful, he's done a lot for that Lyman program, you know, he seems like a great guy too, and he's gonna go down as one of the best in Colorado history, and if I'm being straight up, you know, there's probably some kiddo out there looking up to Corey Taha, just like how Corey Taha looked up to some of the boys on that Lyman football team all those years ago, so... You know, it's cool how it comes full circle, but that's football and that's sports. But anyways, we're going to move on. And uh, up next, we're going to talk about Graydon Bridwell, the Skyline High School running back coming up next. All right. So Graydon Bridwell, the running back from Skyline High School. First off, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I've literally looked all over the Internet for this guy's weight uh i'm just short of asking people what his weight is to be honest and uh that took too much And he's y'all know he's been on my list for a while now so i've been looking for a minute but i do know he's 5'7 so I'm just go throw that out there Graydon. if you're listening to this please enlighten me tell me how much you weigh because i do gotta make a tiktok for you and we want to get your name out there as well because i do think you're a talent so let's go ahead and start with i guess areas of improvement slash concerns so number one his real weight and even height to be honest is a little bit all unknown for all we know i'm not super confident about how that frame might hold up on the next level i would say fcs d1 level even though i think he could potentially make it there because he is 5'7", weight's unknown, so for all I know he could be 5'7", 5'7", 140, or maybe he's not even 5'7". He could look a little bit bigger. Uh, I'm just going to be real with y'all. He, I, I really can't tell how big he is, uh, truly how big he is on the field. And so to me, as a college recruit, that is definitely... Or I guess as a college scout, uh, that is definitely, you know, a little concerning, right? I'm sure I could just call the coach, though, and it's all good there. But even then, I do wonder how well his frame in general could hold up on that next level as a war course type of running back. Because, you know, after a lot of carries, it definitely weighs on you. And so, in my opinion, I'd like for him to bulk up a little bit more and... If he does get a college offer somewhere, i like for him to put on some weight and get in a good spot where he could, you know, still have his speed, but have a little bit more uh power there. So, that's something I would most definitely like to see. Um, another thing, so I kind of mentioned putting on weight and getting a little bit more power. I do think his strength slash balance is... It's, it's not as good as some of the other guys on this list, and it's partly because, you know, Graydon does have a kind of a different way of playing football compared to most of the running backs we've won over. You know, he's definitely more of a scat back, receiving back type, so, you know, like, he doesn't have to be, like, the biggest dude, but in my opinion, there were a couple plays uh, on his reels that I in his film that I watched where I feel like he could have scored, If he just stayed upright and it's like ankle tackle or like something small, like someone dives that at him and most running backs or a lot of running backs that we've run over so far could probably break it. But uh, Graydon didn't quite do that. Sometimes he would. I'll give him credit there. Sometimes he would. But I would like to see more consistency there. Um, He shouldn't be getting brought down by one guy. Or by hand or arm or whatever, you know. So I'd like to see him, you know, get stronger there. That kind of goes back to the whole frame thing and, you know, become more of, uh, I guess, a stronger back in, or at least more balanced at that. Maybe even more balanced so that he's not tripped up as easily. Another area of concern for Graden Bridwell here. I don't think he really just faced that many stacked boxes since he did have one of the top QBs in the state. I did do a breakdown on Chase Silva. I believe that was our Christmas episode, so make sure you check out that one. And I I love Chase Silva. I think he's a fantastic talent. I think he was half of the reason why Skyline High School's football team and offense was so dynamic. I think Raiden Bridwell is the other half, honestly. But uh, with that being said, though, you know, I think it's hard to evaluate Graydon Bridwell like this knowing that the defense couldn't fully commit to him because if they did, then they would just gash them with Chase Silver Chase Silva, excuse me, either running or throwing the ball. And you really can't take Chase Silva out of the equation like that and not consider him at all. And so that being said, I feel like there are a lot of opportunities for Graydon Bridwell to create in the opportunities and space he had, and uh, he definitely you know benefited from that. So I do wonder how well he we could do against more, I guess, stacked boxes on that next level. Then last but not least here, um, I do think he's a pretty shifty guy. You know, he, he does well to um, juke and move and use his blocks, I would say, but I would like to see him work on his footwork and his uh, just foot speed. Uh, a little bit more here and get a little bit faster there are some plays where i feel like he could have put a couple more moves on some secondary players and really juke them out and it just kind of showed over time and over all the film that i've seen that you know he didn't quite have that speed to juke a guy out he was really close i would say but there were times where he wasn't quite there and so that could definitely be improved on just a little bit here but all that being said let's go ahead and talk about the positives. Cause I do believe there are a lot of positives here. So, uh, Graydon Brudwell, he is one of the best receiving backs in the state, or at least in my opinion, one of the best receiving backs in the state. His junior year specifically, he caught 51 passes for 748 yards and 9 touchdowns. It kind of looks like he had some receiver film there, which is honestly never a bad thing. And then, you know, his senior year is kind of when he took on more of a running back role. Those uh, passing and reset receiving yards or, well, receiving yards went down, and, you know, those rushing yards went up. I believe he ran for around 1,263 rushing yards. And seven touchdowns. And it is a COVID year that he did this in. So he only played in six games, which is a shortened season. And in my opinion, that's a lot of production between rushing yards, receiving yards, all of that. And I really like that. It showed that he could kind of do both. And so I know he could be a good receiver, I know he could rush well. And, you know, having that versatility is always a good thing. And so he kind of ranks up there as one of the better scat backs in the state because of that. In addition, I do think he has some pretty quick feet and could be shifty at times with the ball in his hands. I know I did criticize that a little bit, but, you know, don't get it twisted. He could definitely move well. And, you know, he uses his quick feet well um, when setting up blocks because, in my opinion, I think he also reads blocks pretty well and uses his blockers extremely well to create open space and then to just go. And so, you know, that combination of quick feet or quick enough feet, great ball carrier vision makes him pretty lethal and pretty surgical at times. There are times where, you know, he's weaving in and out of the uh, defense, trying to find a hole or an opening, and then he finds one and he goes, right? Like I said, he doesn't always finish the run, but you could count on him on making a play when there's not something there, at least at times. And then I would also say... You know, he's pretty explosive. His acceleration is pretty solid, and he gets to his top-end speed pretty quick. And that top-end speed isn't bad at all, you know. There are times where he sees open field, and, you know, he's pretty much gone. Um, if he has a good couple steps on a, on a defender, he'll he'll take it to the house, and he's shown that a couple times here. And, you know, Graydon Bridwell, I think it's important to throw out, did average around 210 yards a game and so you know you don't do that without having some good speed or some you know special athleticism to you and so those are all things very special to Graydon Bridwell here so all in all I think Graydon Bridwell was a pretty good player I think as a scat back receiver type of guy he could probably make it to D1 not FBS if anything Um, I guess high-end potential-wise, I think he could be an FCS kind of guy. Maybe a one- or two-year kind of guy. Um, He could even step into special teams and do his thing there. But I kind of have a hard time, um, I guess, convincing myself that a lot of d1 fcs schools would offer him a scholarship just because it is covid and you know eligibility is going on um so the players who are playing this year they won't have a year of eligibility taken off and so there's kind of some uh backup there in the college college ranks and so i am a little bit concerned about i guess you know whether a team will pull the trigger on graden bridwell and don't get it twisted. I don't think it's talent. I think he's plenty talented. He could catch. He could run pretty well. He could be a nice change of pace type of guy. But, you know, compared to some other players who may have a little bit more production over more years. Because, you know, Graydon really only played his junior year than a very short and senior year. And those are both concerning. And so, I think maybe... Graden might have to go to a D two. I could see a D two offering a full ride, where they should, or even a partial. Um, so both of those could work out. And I think if he does, he should take it because I think he could honestly be pretty close to a star, or at least a starting running back for a lot of D two scores and contribute to a lot of D two or D three scores if it comes down to it. JUCO's, I think he can go to to a juco and you know try to snag those fcs d1 offers if he wants to but you know if he is given a full ride at a d2 i think it's probably as good as it can be and you know you should take it right to the right school and you know find a situation that is right for him so best of luck to Graydon bridwell and if i didn't say it already best of luck to Corey taha as well um we're rooting for both of you and both of those guys are very good running backs so so yeah So, coming up next, we're going to talk about Aaron Ness. We're going to switch gears a little bit here. And so, we're going to talk about Aaron Ness, the middle linebacker slash tight end for Northridge High School. Alright, so, Aaron Ness, the middle linebacker slash tight end for Northridge High School. He is 6'1", 230 pounds, and as of right now, I believe he is uncommitted. And so... I think very highly of this guy right here. I think someone on our TikTok mentioned him and Patrick Diem. And both of those guys are extremely talented. Make sure you check out that Patrick Diem breakdown that I dropped the other day. And then also an update on that. You know, I will be talking to Patrick Diem uh, in an interview and getting his side of the story. I do think there are some things that maybe i misconstrued it and i apologize on that you know but that is how i see it and so i do look forward to talking to patrick and you know me on the lookout for that interview to release soon here uh, from what i heard and you know from talking to him he seems like a good kiddo with uh with a kind heart and so i want to make sure i get his side of the story here because i'm really not out to get him but with that being said um let's go ahead and switch gears talk about airness the player that i'm supposed to talk about here so first things first i do have some people inside the northridge high school um program and obviously the school itself and everyone i've talked to in there can confirm that he is one of the hardest workers and a great student in fact i have a quote here from one of his teachers i believe he said word for word dude is a stud workhorse in the weight room and a good student in the classroom all bucko cares about is school and football He's a good candidate. And um, by candidate, he was talking about candidate to break down and, you know, someone that could potentially make our top five linebackers list. Unfortunately, he finished just outside. So this is his breakdown for him. He will be mentioned again as an honorable mention whenever that episode comes out. And so, you know, I believe it. I've heard a lot of great things about him. He's such a great leader. He's someone that, you know, a lot of people will look up to and can inspire a locker room. In addition, I do think that he is kind of a freak of nature. At 6'1", 230, he runs and moves extremely well for a linebacker. I think he has good speed and it's good enough to cover sideline to sideline and shut down run plays and just plays in general. You know, he really gets after it for sure. Um, But don't get it twisted, though, because he is 6'1", 230. He's a legit 230 from what I've told. And here's some... I guess, some weightlifting stats here uh, for you uh, stat people out there that I have confirmed um, a couple of times over, actually, about Aaron Ness. And so his squat, I think, is at 485. I believe these are max or PR numbers. Don't quote me on that, but, you know, he could obviously lift these. So I think that's important to keep in mind. So squat 485, bench at 260, and his cleans were around 230, 240-ish, And then uh, my buddy said, dude is a stud once again. And so the numbers he do put on his um, on his huddle seem pretty legit. And if I'm being straight up honest, uh, he it it looks like it. You know, I, I definitely believe him. There's nothing out here that really tells me that. I, I can't believe uh, that this dude is uber-athletic, you know. Also, to throw in there, he does have a four, 7 40-yard dash. I think he might be maybe even a little bit faster and then a 30-inch vertical. And if I'm being honest, you can never go wrong with stats like that. And so, it's great to have those stats, right? Those weightlifting stats, those speed stats, all of that. But it shows on the film and it's pretty obvious because he is an extremely strong player as well as being a pretty quick player at linebacker. Consistently, you see him take on a bunch of linemen and not like tackles who, you know, are supposed to be a little bit lighter and move a little bit better. No, it is straight up guards, centers, the whole whole line at times. And he block sheds extremely well against the run. I would say this is definitely one of strong suit, one of his strong suits. He just excels. Um, You know, he does a good job of plugging running lanes as soon as possible and will shake off blockers uh, pretty easily. So, you know, check out some of his tackling against Roosevelt High School, who are a pretty tough team. And, you know, they're tough enough to go ahead and make it to the state championship game. And, you know, he had a pretty good game against them, you know, taking on blockers, block shedding and being very efficient. Uh, In addition, he does avoid blockers pretty well as well. Um, He's not fooled pretty easily. Easily, I would say you could tell he's you know in the film room doing his job and you know Consistently you see him being very efficient as a tackler and as a run stopper and it seems almost second nature at this point if you look at his film On that note, I do think he's a very disciplined player and I don't believe he would get tricked on play actions Um, he seems to have pretty good instincts and vision and I think that kind of goes back to the whole idea of him just being a hard worker and looking at the film and being confident in his knowledge, um, that he got from the film, honestly. And so you really love to see those good habits and you really love to see that translate to good production on the field as a linebacker. Um, so yeah, another thing about Aaron S that I really, really like I think he has, well, I know he has some pretty good hands for a linebacker. You could go ahead and check out his tight end film. There are some linebackers who you could tell they're playing linebacker for a reason. Or if they're not just playing linebacker, they're playing tight end or fullback as a blocking player and not really as a receiving threat. But Aaron S I would say was definitely uh, a receiving threat for Northridge. And there are multiple times he made some contested catches and saw catches, even though he's getting hit pretty hard here. And so uh, you really love to see um, that in, in really all defensive players, if I'm being honest, maybe except for defensive linemen, but everyone else good hands is never a bad thing. And so uh, you love to see it. And then last but not least, I think his footwork is pretty excellent, especially when breaking down for a tackle. He will not get juked out easily. Like I said, he's disciplined. He'll break down very well, efficiently, and then he's going to make the tackle. You know, he, you're not going to fool him that easily. And, you know, those are some things that you really like to see. The basics, right? The basics. So um, those are all positives for Aaron Ness. But let's go ahead and talk about some errors of improvement here. I do think he tackles kind of high at times. I think he just needs to stay consistent tackling lower. You know, there are a lot of times in the film that I watched that he just kind of throws down a player or he tackles a little bit high. And on this level, he's strong enough. He's definitely strong enough to dominate and, you know, get away with some of that. But on that next level where I'm sure he wants to play, that's not gonna fly, and I think he needs to stay disciplined here and really focus on, you know, getting lower, driving, getting that leverage, and tackling well and having some good tackling for him here. Because, you know, on the next level, you don't want players to shed a tackle like that, as big and as strong as this guy is. Another thing I'd like to see Aaron work on are are some pass rushing moves. I think he could be a better pass rusher. Um, he really didn't get a lot of chance to pass rush because I just don't think that's Northridge's defense uh, for linebackers to do that. But I would like for him to work on some specific pass rushing moves. You know, he could honestly low-key play outside linebacker with his size, athleticism, but he needs to refine that pass rush to be great. And so I just need to see a go-to move or at least uh, some moves added to the arsenal for myself to really feel good about it. The strength, the power, the speed... All of the toughness, all that stuff is there. But, you know, you got to put it together and channel that into some pretty solid pass rush uh, moves here. Some good pass rush moves here. And then I would like to see him play a little bit more pass coverage. <sighs> I, I do wonder how well he could hold up in the zone. You know, um, from the highlights I've seen, I think he'd be solid enough in man. But who knows? I just didn't see a lot of pass coverage in his in his highlights and in his film and the games I watched. And to me that's that's a little bit of a red flag. Maybe it's not in the scheme and that's fine. But you know, one of the biggest reasons he didn't make this list is because he just didn't have really any pass coverage uh, film on there. Maybe he had a couple, but Honestly, not enough, and so I'd like to see him work on pass coverage just in general. Um, I'm sure he can be really good in it. I just don't know, so we'll, we'll have to see about that. And then I think last thing here, I would like to see him get a little bit more explosive. That's, that's not the biggest deal. You know, just just work on that acceleration and uh, short burst, but that's, that's not the worst thing here. Really, I'd like to see him develop those pass rushing moves, um, get consistent tackling-wise, and then make sure that his pass coverage is solid, or at least as solid as it could be for a linebacker. So, all that being said, I think he could be a D1 player. I think he could be a D1 linebacker is what I really should be saying here. But there is some things that I think will hold him from being a D1 linebacker. I wouldn't say it's anything that really has to do with him. It's probably mostly the film. It honestly just doesn't help that he doesn't have a lot of great pass coverage film. And you know, in today's game, you gotta be a good pass cover uh, person, defender, if if you're on the field you know it's kind of a liability to be taken off the field if you can't cover uh in in the passing situation because a lot of colleges they do run a spread or they have a package where they run the spread and so you know a linebacker they gotta be able to hang with those tight ends and sometimes even receivers and running backs and he just doesn't have a lot of that and because of that i think that will hurt him the most and you know it's a shame Because I think he has a lot of potential here. And in any other year outside of a COVID year. I believe there would be a D1 that would offer him. Most likely an FCS. I could maybe see an FBS. It's not completely out, out of the question. But most likely an FCS would offer him a full ride. And I could see that happen easily. Just with all the intangibles and how athletic he is. And just how well he plays and all that stuff. But there are linebackers Not just in this state, but across the nation who can cover and do a lot of the things Aaron can. So I think it will be hard for some D1s to, you know, pull the trigger on him and uh, offer him a full ride, which I do think he deserves. And so most likely I could see a lot of D2s and D3s calling, trying to find a way to get this guy on the roster, uh, make room for him and, you know, get him as much money, scholarship money, that is, as possible. Um, I wouldn't completely rule, rule out a D1 because I do think he is a D1 type of guy. But just with the situation right now and I guess with how raw he kind of seems in some ways, at least as a pass coverage type of guy, it's going to be hard to to see that through. So if I was Aaron, and if Aaron, you're listening to this, I would say the Juku route is not a bad idea. I think this will give you some time to... It's really not you, but it will give you some time to really put out some good pass coverage film. I think that's what you really need. And obviously, keep you know doing what you do with uh, stopping the run and uh, studying the film and doing the right thing as a you know linebacker, even if you're not padding the stat sheet. And I believe if you do all those things and continue this production along with some pass production or pass coverage production, you will be able to earn a D1. Offer somewhere in a full Ride at that so I wouldn't you know I, I Wouldn't discourage you from going the juco route even if you do get some d2 or d3 offers it's never a bad thing to bet on yourself but obviously you know your own situation if you do get a d2 or d3 full ride or a d1 full ride at that obviously you should take it and do what's best for you and your family and um do what you want to do as well you know make sure you pick the right school so airness you're a heck of a player one of the best at the state wish you all the best Uh, moving forward and you know if you're listening to this this goes to Corey Taha and Graydon Bridwell especially you're welcome onto the show at any time for an interview so all right uh real quick (laughs) I'm editing this and I just realized that Aaron S actually committed to lindenwood university which is a d2 school so congrats to you aaron um very well deserved you still are one of the best linebackers in the state i think you are easily a day one starter honestly if you're not a day one starter you're pretty close to that so continue to grind and you know we'd love to have you on the show sometime with all that being said we're gonna wrap it up here and talk about our last player we're gonna go back to the offensive side of the ball and talk about andrew cole The offensive tackle for Roosevelt High School. All right, welcome back. So, up next, we have Andrew Cole, the 6'4, 295 pound offensive tackle from roosevelt high school he is a senior so first things first this guy was a huge part of this roosevelt offense he was an anchor on the offensive line he definitely contributed to a lot of their wins this season against some pretty tough defenses and I can't talk enough about how important Andrew Cole is to this Roosevelt High School team, and honestly, this guy has been requested a lot. He's probably our most requested lineman, and if we did do the honorable mention, he should have been on there, so, so there you go. But let me go ahead and talk about the positives while I'm on that, so first things first. He has a good first step off the ball keeps his hips underneath him and you know a lot of power comes from this and so That's a very fundamentally sound there And you know when everything's right and he's performing at his top ability He's honestly just a pancake machine, you know in the run game. He's extremely instrumental You'll see him a uh, run block or lead block a lot of the time and you know He just clears people out of the way. So he's extremely strong there. He's not just another big body I would also say that he has pretty great footwork never stops moving his feet he uses his hands pretty well I think I would say he consistently gets that inside leverage that we're always talk about and then just drives the defender out of there you know he does a very good job of consistently winning that inside leverage and you know he does have some pretty strong hands there and so once he has that leverage he can manhandle whoever. In addition, you know, we did see a lot of really good pass pro plays here, you know, against um, pass rushes as a blocker. He did pretty well. He did a little bit better, or at least he showed a lot more than some other guys that made our top five list. And he did better than some of the guys that did make that top five list. And so that is pretty impressive. He is a pretty solid pass blocker. You could rely on him there. And then I would say you know he's a pretty consistent blocker it's very rare that he'll make a mistake and just like whiff on on a defender or maybe he has the wrong assignment or whatever he's a reliable guy he's someone that you could definitely trust in the trenches so with all that being said you know andrew cole is a very very reliable blocker both in pass and run and he just does a very good job all around also, it doesn't hurt that he's 6'4", 295, and has a pretty good frame here. He's bigger than some of the guys on our top five list. But, you know, let's let's talk about, uh, I guess, some areas of improvement or concerns here. And, I guess, why he didn't make our top five list. In my opinion, I think the biggest concern here is his speed speed. Uh, slash agility here you know he doesn't move bad for alignment but he is a little bit slower like you'd like to see him be a little bit faster a little bit more explosive so I'd really encourage him to work on that agility you know that sideline to sideline speed that short burst speed and then as well as that explosiveness just in general there are times where he shows pretty good explosiveness but I think it could be even better because honestly there are times where he pulls and he's just not the fastest guy and it, it's kind of a problem and so I think that is probably the biggest thing holding him back from being a top five lineman in the state if I'm being honest and maybe even getting some better offers than he should uh, another thing I think at times he can be a little bit too aggressive in pass, bro. Uh, He needs to sit back a little bit more and, you know, let the defender come to him and then he deals with them as they come. I think there are times he kind of lurches a little bit forward and tries to initiate the contact and be super physical, which is never a bad thing. But in pass pro, you know, if you're over aggressive, then, you know, they'll use that against you if they're a smart enough defender. And so I think he needs to learn a little bit more discipline there or at least implement a little bit more discipline there as a pass blocker. And then I would say that he can be a little bit aggressive, aggressive hand placement wise, I would say, you know, most of the time he does get his hands inside and it's great leverage. But when he doesn't it just kind of slips outside because his hands are a little bit too slow and it kind of looks like he's holding or you know it's a run in the or a block in the back type of thing and so he just needs to be careful about that get a little bit more disciplined there. And then last but not least um his his combo blocks could be a little bit better if i'm being honest you know he does engage and all that does a good job but he doesn't always look to break off and go to that second level or even when he's pulling you know he you kind of see that he does get kind of hooked up on that first uh, defender in front of him and doesn't always just hit and move to the next guy right and so those are some things i like to see him work on so all together Number one, the speed and agility slash explosiveness. Work on that. I like to see him be someone who can move a little bit quicker and be someone that could uh, pull because he's such a good run blocker. So I think that's really important there. As a pass blocker, become a little bit more disciplined there. Um, you know, trust, trust your stance, trust your agility, trust your athleticism to block some guys and don't overcommit. I think that's the biggest thing there. And then last but not least, watch the hand placement. It's not the biggest deal, but uh, watch the hand placement and be careful there. I think if all those things are done, then uh, in addition, those combo blocks will come along and you'll get better at those. So, all that being said, um, I, I guess I actually do have some breaking news here. Um, so as of today, January 22nd, about a couple hours ago, Andrew Cole did commit to the University of Nebraska Kearney. So. First things first, man, congratulations. It is extremely well-deserved. I would say that uh, he is probably more of a D2 guy because of the, you know, because of the speed and some of the agility there. I think he could work on that and become much more better than that. But all that being said, you know, he still found, found a spot, got an offer. So congrats to Andrew Cole for, you know, finding a home and finding a spot with the University of Nebraska Kearney here. I do think he's someone who could potentially start maybe day one or, you know, get some reps day one. But like we tell all of our guys, you know, take that red shirt year. That's okay. Um, you know, get used to the school academically and then, you know, work on some things you can. And then that next year, that way you got four four years of of some of the best play that you could honestly offer. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this episode Of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Once again. Shout out to the people who once again requested. Corey Taha. Graydon Bridwell. Aaron Ness. And Andrew Cole. I had a lot of fun doing this one. There are a lot of talented players here. Obviously Andrew Cole and Corey Taha. Both committed. But I would like to see Graydon Bridwell and Aaron Ness commit here. Or uh, get some offers somewhere. So go ahead and give them some recognition. On top of that. You know, thank you for rocking with us. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, You know, we'll be posting a lot there. We'll be posting updates and stuff going on. And then just remember, you can always request players. We do both in-state or out-of-state, but we do prioritize in-state players that are seniors. Trying to get as many of y'all out there as possible, get some recognition for the seniors in this uh, great state of Colorado. And so when you do request a player, just remember request uh include their name the position they play and then what high school they're from just so that we can make sure we get the right guy and then we'll make sure to get to that request as soon as possible so that being said wherever you're at have a fantastic day feel free to check out all the content we have here on the playmakers corner and look out for cody's request episode this wednesday